Well, welcome to the Speaker Live Show. This is a special episode, 80, on September 10th, 2016. And I'm doing this show live from the 2016 Mid-Atlantic Podcast Conference called MapCom in Philadelphia right now. Welcome, and thank you for listening to the show today. It's, uh, it's great to have you listening. My name is Rob Greenlee, and I'm the head of content at Spreaker. And I also run a podcast network called Adore FM. And we do this show every week to uh, keep you up to date and give you some tips and tricks to building a great podcast. And, and uh, we're doing this special episode from MapCom. And I'm, I've got a terrific guest in here who uh, has been doing podcasts for many, many years and, uh, and has been focused on the education sector. So I wanted to have uh, Jeffrey Bradbury, who's uh, here sitting with me at, at the very end of MapCom here at the Mid-Atlantic Podcast Conference. Um, and so, Jeffrey, thank you. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a great day of podcasting and a great day of learning from everybody. Yes. Yeah. It's been a, a fun time here. I've had a, a good time. It's a, it's, a more, it's a more personalized, more of an, I know it's an intimate event, I would say, is a good, good thing to um, say about it. Um, it's been a lot of fun. Absolutely. And there's so many different people here from so many yeah. different types of shows. Yeah. New people, old people. We even were talking to people who have yet to start their show. Yeah. But I'm sure they're going to do that in the next few days. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it seems like all of the conferences, um, a, a big percentage of the people that are coming to these things are people that haven't started a podcast yet. And they're just learning how to do it. Um, and and I think that's fantastic. It's kind of the, the lifeblood of podcasting right now. And, you know, many people go on to the websites, Google, yeah. example, you know, to research things. Here in New Jersey, Philadelphia area, we can research with so many experts that's around. Uh, what, what did you find interesting about today? Well, I just thought it was really, really interesting. I mean, I think I, I learned some things as well. I mean, I, as you know, I've been involved in the podcasting for a long time, too, but... But you start looking at kind of the psychology of podcasting, and I think it's an area that uh, I'm not sure that podcasters have spent a lot of time looking at, and I know I haven't either. Um, and some of the speakers that we had here uh, really were focused on, you know, topics like attention deficit disorder and and focused on maybe better ways of doing, you know, like an interview and how you introduce guests and how you bring them into a podcast and and you know there i've been i've been doing podcasts you know conversations and interviews for many years myself and and you can always learn something new from somebody that has a new idea and the thing that i like about coming to conferences here is nobody has a wrong answer everybody has their way that they do things or they prefer to do things or that's working for them but nobody had an answer that somebody said nah that doesn't work yeah yeah exactly yeah so so anyway, we should probably talk talk a little bit more about uh, what you're doing and kind of kind of give the audience um, kind of a, a snapshot of, of the type of things you're doing. I've been on your show in the past. It's basically TeacherCast at TeacherCast.net, and you do a lot of video, but you also are an audio podcaster. A lot of what you do is out in a podcast feed, but you do live video as well. Uh, so you're doing a lot of different things that I know a lot of podcasters really like to do, especially the, the old-timers. They like to do video and they like to do audio. They like to do a lot of different kind of content creation, and you've really kind of taken that to to a higher level. And I think it's it's really commendable. And I think it really, uh, if you look at the successes that you've had, 
I think it's really, really indicative of the diversity of what you've done with your distribution and your content creation. Why you become a, as as you announced at the conference, you are now working with Microsoft and Google uh, and a lot of big companies. Well, well thank you. Uh, TeacherCast uh, in July of this year celebrated five years. Yeah. And I, I, I said, you know, that was the ending of chapter one. It is now time to look at the at the beginning of the next chapter. And so going through, um, looking back over the last couple of weeks, it's, it's been a long journey. But we are doing amazing things with live episodes, with pre-recorded episodes, on-site episodes. Yeah. Um, it's, it's pretty rewarding to get a chance to meet your audience. Yeah. So you're working with a company like Microsoft. As you know, I, used to, I spent six years working at Microsoft in Redmond, and, and I think it's, it's really exciting. Why don't you tell us a bit about that relationship and how that happened and, and what it means you know, for you as a content creator? Sure. Um, it's, it's pretty real, uh, unrealistic. Um, you know, we all grew up playing with Windows, yeah. and you know, I remember putting my first PC together, and you, know, you, you can't... F- comprehend something like a a Microsoft, right? And then you get into podcasting and you realize that Microsoft really is no different than the EdTech entrepreneur. They're just a little bit bigger. But um, I have been working closely with Microsoft for the last two years. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've done over 40 shows together, from live to pre-recorded stuff to even at a a conference like the ISTE conference, um, I did some live booth demos at them or just you know carnival barking had a great time and then this year um this time last year i became what's known as an mie or a microsoft innovative educator and then that kind of upped our relationship and made it closer and the nice thing i love about microsoft is it really is a family oriented group Mm -hmm. for as corporate as a major fortune 500 company is I love the fact that everything there is family. And so we met this past year out in Denver at a conference and we sat down and we said, let's put together a fantastic show that spotlights educators, Mm -hmm. spotlights the students, spotlights the products and projects. Let me say projects, not products, but the things that are happening in the classroom. And one conversation led to another. And so in the next week or so, we're going to be producing our first Microsoft education show. We're calling it the MIE Spotlight Series, Mm -hmm. where I bring on a teacher and we talk about how they're changing their students. And I'm so blessed is the right word, but Mm -hmm. it's an amazing uh, ride to be able to work so closely with them. And it's an amazing company. It really is. So it's a outreach that that Microsoft is facilitating through you to be able to reach young people around education with technology. Is that is that kind of the focus of it? Or yes, okay. um, you know uh, the idea is we're we're not going to talk about Microsoft Word. We're going to talk about teachers and students. Yeah. Oh, by the way, we're using Word and PowerPoint yes, and things correct. like yeah. that. It's but more of a supporting technology to empower them to do. The bigger agenda, right? right. The, yeah. It's not. A, it's not going to be an in-your-face commercial. It's yeah. going to be yeah. teachers are wonderful, yeah. which they are, and you know I love doing shows that spotlight good educators. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so that's that relationship is is I guess taking you to Redmond and doing some 
some live streaming from there and some live recording and yeah um they they do big events just about every month and so the 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 next one is called uh hack the classroom and that's going to be um on september 24th from 8 to 10 pacific and they're bringing me out there to to basically chrono you know document everything so as they're doing their live feed and they've got anywhere from you know eight to twenty five thousand people watching I'm going to be the behind-the-scenes guy, and okay. I think we're going to be doing everything through Spreaker. So okay. that way you can always watch the feed live, and we'll have it all recorded. Yeah, that's, that's, that's So are you going to do some video with this as well? Uh, the plan is to cover as much as possible. Okay. So after the keynote is up, I'm going to interview the keynote speaker. After the, the, the vice presidents and stuff are up, I'm, going to, okay. I, I'm so looking forward to it. Yeah. So you also have a... a a relationship with Google too as a certified trainer. What, uh, yeah, I'm a, with that I'm a Google for Education certified okay. innovator okay. and a Google for Education certified trainer. Mm-hmm. And a few years ago, when I when I be, got those those uh, qualifications, I said, you know, we as trainers come to conferences and we train and we train, but we don't actually take time enough to talk to each other so google education trainer get so i created a little show called get help training okay and the audience for that is the google trainers and so it's not training you on a google doc it's how do you teach one-on-one and how do you teach one on a thousand and those are completely different things because just because you're, you know, just because you're a Google trainer doesn't mean that you're good at Google training. You, you still need to learn those skills, and doing it one on one is different than doing it one on thirty. Different doing it one on a hundred. So you're training Google Tra- people, or are you teachers, training teachers to teachers to to teach Google tool sets. Yeah, and and, okay. and a lot of that is there's a lot of these NDA things I can't really talk about. Sure. And when when new people come on board for that, you always see the same questions being answered. So we decided let's do a show to teach the stuff that we can't talk about and put that behind the wall. Yeah. And so we did five or six or seven of those, and it was really, really helpful. And I've noticed that since then, other people have taken on the similar function, and I love it. Okay. Yeah. So you've been podcasting now for over five years now, mm-hmm. right? Five or okay. six years, yeah. And so how did you get started with this? What, what, what was the inspiration? I mean, I mean, how did you kind of evolve into this? Uh, I think like everybody else, I heard a podcast. And, yeah, and, and you thought I could do that. Right? And, and yeah, and, and, and the, the, the guy was running a show called Your Mac Show. His name is Dennis. He's from California. And he asked a question. And it was a, a trivia question. And I emailed him, and I answered the question right, and he sent me a gift card uh-huh. for getting the question right. And I thought, that's kind of neat that I can't do that to the radio station. Yeah. I'm never going to win a contest. But here I am, this this regular guy. We started having a conversation with each other. And yeah. your Mac show was essentially created to help teach every button on a Mac. Yeah. And then that turned into we became co-hosts and friends, and we started a show called Apple Aid. And then I said, you know what? This whole doing it per button, teaching all the settings, Mm -hmm. I want to do something like that for education. I want to show how that button can be used in the classroom. And essentially at that point in time, he said, all right, you're not my co-host anymore. Go do it. And that was Mama Bird pushing me off the ledge. 
and thus became TeacherCast. I'm going to teach you how to do this this technological thing, but I'm not going to teach you how to run a mic. I'm going to teach you how to use a microphone in your classroom. So I took the concept and turned it into education, and five years later, here we are. So uh, what was the process that you went through to try and take your show and make it reach those teachers? You know, when... We, we just got done a whole day of conferences, and they said, picture your audience member. Yeah. Is it the 18 to 24? Is yeah. it the, the wealthy, the rich, whatever? I can't do that because some teachers are in a Google school. Some teachers are in a Microsoft school. Some teachers are in a one-to-one. Some teachers are in an urban area. So I can't go with that. Yeah. But everybody has a common question, which is how can I teach the most – how can I be the best teacher possible? Yeah. So we talk about how to use a microphone or how to use a Google product, but we also yeah. talk about digital citizenship and we talk about how to get your kids to get a job interview and how, you know, yeah. so it's broad topics. It's not for everybody, but it is for everybody. So would you say that you're, the, the building of your audience was driven based on um, topics that were relevant to people looking for them in search engines? And yes. Otherwise, or did you get out in the, the schools and get out into to kind of um, uh, networks of schools or go to conferences? Or what did you do to well, the original teachers? Good question. The original idea was I'm going to create a, a place where teachers in my own school district can go. Yeah. If I gave you nine places for information on your question, you're never going to go there. But if I gave you one-stop shopping, you at least have it. Mm -hmm. And so what became a place for my own teachers really didn't work. Mm -hmm. But you know what? Once you get out on Twitter and you say, how do I use this app? That's a universal question. And it really just picked up in the first year. And then as soon as I turned on to WordPress and I was able to create a platform for my dreams... Because, you know, the original web... Your website is the, your the, foundation, the, right? Right. And I, and I don't... I stopped calling it a website. I refer to it as a digital hub. That's, yeah. that's a Steve Jobs-ism. Oh, yeah. yeah. But essentially, this is the foundation from which all knowledge is brought out of. Yeah, and it... It can go into an app, or it can go into um, YouTube. Yep. It can go into and, SoundCloud, and, go and, into wherever. But that's that's where that's your home. We say that right. students learn three ways: orally, visually, and kinesthetically. Yep. And with TeacherCast, I do try very hard to make that one-stop shop. Do you want to listen to an audio show? Do you want to watch my screencast? Do you also do textual, a lot of textual. Absolutely. Content? And okay. would you like me to come out to your place and do professional developments? Yeah. So no matter how you want to learn i got you covered it's one-stop shopping and i think that's been the success so how have you actually earned earned a living from this this show from advertising or from consulting or well i started off for 14 years as an orchestra director okay and through the reputation yeah through that um i'm now a technology coach in a wonderful school district Mm -hmm. and all of that happened from having this website yeah. And having and this, this network. Show, right? And, and, yeah. and so by moving that, you know, it happens a little bit better for my family. And yeah. so you have a similar w- story w- when, too. when we yeah. talk about yeah. podcasts, many people say, well, my show is making me a dollar. Well, no, the show put you as the host in a position yep. to then. So I, I often say, you know, teacher cast might not make you a buck, but Jeff is going to make you the buck. Yeah. And it's that reputation. Because of that, 
then you can be qualified for things like Google Trainer, MIE, Apple Distinguished. So have you ever run any advertising in your content? I, I'm, I started to. You know, as I said, uh, five years in yeah. was the growing up phase. Yeah. Because I have two-year-old triplets, it's time to look at this as a solid thing. Sure. And so I've had advertisers. Um, I'm learning how to mature the way that I look at advertisers and how Mm -hmm. I talk and how Mm -hmm. I present. Mm -hmm. Um, And I find the best way to do advertisers is to put the numbers right in front of everybody. Mm -hmm. You have a value. And I'm going to say that to anybody out there who's a pod, you know, you have a value. Yeah. Even today was a good example. I had uh, somebody who's in marketing come up to me and they say, would you want to have my client on your show? And I said, sure. We have a business agreement. And she goes, oh, I don't want to pay for this. I said, wait a minute. You're saying your client who's running a business is paying you, the marketing person, to find free advertising. And she says, yes. I said, got the wrong guy. Because we all have value. And I think that any podcaster out there needs to understand they have value. Mm -hmm. And your time is value. And I said to this person, so it's going to take an hour for the show, a couple hours for this. And and you don't find a value in that. You just want me to do that for free. And she goes, yes. And by doing that, your client's going to now get jobs out of it and make money. Yes. Uh Uh-uh. Yeah. And so as a podcaster, you have to declare yourself as this is how I'm going to do it. And as soon as you do, my goodness, look out. Well, and a lot of, uh, like you said, a lot of PR companies like that um, think that you're getting valuable content out of it. And that's all you're about, right? And, and, and there's, there's a place for that. Careful. You have to be careful with that, though. There's a balance. Think. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, there are companies that are huge. Pay for plays can be a little touchy, right? So you have to treat that in a certain way. Right. And, and look, if, if you have 9 million followers, I'll do whatever you want because there's a value in that. As soon as you hit yeah. that follow button or that retweet button yeah it's gonna launch yeah but you have every right to say my time is valuable and i have a family mm-hmm. behind that time that yeah. if i'm spending four hours for free from you i'm not spending that four hours with my triplets and the question gets back to is is that content part of teacher cast or is it content that you're producing for them whenever i do shows yeah it's understood that I'm creating it as a co-produced thing. People don't come to TeacherCast to learn about you. They come to your website to learn about you. So So put it on your site because if somebody comes to your site, they want to see how do I do this. And and, and, and so... So it's you. So what, what they're buying is your ability to communicate based on your experience of doing this. So and your audience, hopefully, will, will kind of maybe gravitate towards this, you think? It's about how you look at yourself. If you're a podcaster, mm-hmm. then you're a podcaster. Yeah. But if you're a media creator, then you have to ask the question, you know, I, I, you've been married, and did you have a video person there? Yes. Well, how much did you spend on that video? Yeah. Oh, I spent $1,400 an hour. Well, why is it? Why is my time for making my video worth nothing? Yeah, I'm the that video is going to make you money. The wedding video is going to cost you money. Yeah, depending right. on how the after the wedding goes, right? <laughs> yeah. So right. you have to look at it as that somebody else is doing this and they're making thousands. Yeah. This is your business, yeah. and then that goes into the conversation I have about you know don't don't spend three hundred dollars on your best friend to make their website. 
this is your business. Yeah, yeah. So when you started um, doing content online, mm-hmm. did you start out just audio before you started doing video, or did you start video and then go and then add audio? Uh, let's go back five years. Google Hangouts didn't exist. Okay. And so um, we were doing everything through Skype. And it was great. Okay. And, you know, we were trying to triangulate. It was myself and Dennis in California, and we had a guy named Mark who was in Sydney. And you try to triangulate East Coast, West Coast, and 12 hours away. You have to do stuff like that. Once Hangouts came out, I quickly realized that video is the way to go, and video is the way to edit. I never record an audio anymore. I always record video. Even if my output is only audio... Because when I'm editing things, I can see when I make a mistake. I can put my hand in front of the mirror or the camera, and I automatically know where the edit points are. Do you see that the the um, viewers or the consumption of your content is mostly video, or is it mostly audio, or is it equal? It's by show. Um, for instance, I have a show on YouTube right now with a friend of mine who did a book called 50 Ways to Use Google Classroom. Mm-hmm. The video on YouTube has over 100,000 hits. Okay. The audio download, according to Lipson, has 800 downloads. Okay. That's a huge difference it on is. the video. Yeah. However, there are shows that I see my Lipson stats, and they're in the tens of thousands, and then I look at the, the YouTube stats, and it's got 75. So it depends on the content. Depends then. on the content, yeah. which is why whenever people ask for coaching or consulting for me, it's just make good content. Yeah. No, that, that definitely makes sense. I mean, I've seen um, shows. It's always fascinating to me to see shows that are doing audio and video, but yet the, there's this disparity, you know, Sometimes the audio is bigger, and sometimes the video is bigger, and sometimes it's hard to know why that happens that way. And it also, I also wonder sometimes if it's, if it's um, the orientation of the content creator towards what they're promoting. Well, I, I record everything through video, and I, I edit everything in Final Cut Pro. So for me to hit the, vid- the button that says upload to YouTube... So you're primarily a video producer that is just taking that audio and making it available. Yes. Gen- generally, but... Are there any situations where you're starting as an audio only? Um, there is a show that I have a client that only wants audio. Okay. We still record in video because I can edit it quicker. Oh, think okay. about it. If you have an hours long, ver- okay. if you have an hour of audio yeah. tape that you're editing, yeah. you tell me where did you make the mistake. Yeah. You can't. Yeah. But on video, if I can scrub through it to see my hand waving, yeah. done. Five minutes and you're out the door. And then again with Final Cut, you can export a bundle and say I'm going to hit a button once and automatically it goes up to YouTube automatically it makes an audio only file and I'll see you later and then in half an hour it comes back and it's already up on YouTube and here's my audio it goes to Lipson done so I I know that one of the challenges that I think video producers have um, is that sometimes they don't um, really put enough energy into the audio quality part right maybe they they spend a lot of money on their video cameras, but they don't spend a lot on the audio side of it, right? Well, so I, is that different with I, what you've done? I, I, you know, one one of the godfathers of podcasting, you might know his name is Mike Phillips, yes. and Mike's, you know, if Mike taught me nothing, it's they'll listen to a bad video if the audio quality is great, but if it's bad audio quality, they're not going to watch a video, yep. and and that's just what you you know. People generally don't listen to all of the YouTube video anyway, and especially if it's bad audio. Yeah. 
So you train your audience into that and you have to train your guests into that. When you say, would you like to come on the show? Here's how it works for best quality show. Please get X. Mm-hmm. And the easiest way to say that is just grab your Apple earbuds. It has a microphone right on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's, that's really important because people, you know, like, like to listen to this stuff and it's in their ear. Right. So, it's it's not like television where I, I think a lot of TV shows, a lot of video shows in the past have been pretty low audio quality. And They've it's really focused on the video quality, but it, the audio is like. But people aren't watching. No one's. And look, let's be realistic. Even the ones that have 100,000 downloads, nobody's watching my full HD video show. Yeah. So I don't record in that. I record in 720 because the difference between 720 and 1080 yeah. is 45 minutes of upload. Yeah. I don't well, have time for that. It's still really good quality video. Yep. Though. So you're not really compromising. But there's no reason to produce video at 1900 resolution because all you're doing is slowing your upload and download time. Yeah. The, the, the render time, the all the... No one, nobody... You're not doing the Olympics. Yeah. You know, you're sitting at home doing a, a, a little show. So make it a good quality, but the difference between lower HD and top HD is not a resolution number. It's time that you're not yeah. spending with your family. It's storage. It's, it's storage. It's everything. And with costs. Yep. There's a lot of things, too. That's a good good kind of segue here because um, so are all your videos hosted through YouTube? All of my videos are hosted through YouTube. I used to have another media producer that I was going up into iTunes with. Um, a friendly company that kind of comped me some space, but then you realize that people aren't going to iTunes and stream downloading a video. So I stopped that. Well, I was going to say, you had a video podcast for a while. I did have a video channel. Um, Unfortunately, that company went out of business last month. They were bought out. But... But when you look well, but at you had your your episodes linked from an RSS feed, yes, in, in the video format, yeah. So in I was many years, I thought, yeah. So yeah. I was uploading to YouTube. That was one thing, but YouTube doesn't give you an RSS feed. Yes, I was uploading to another company. Okay, that, that was hosting gave, the video. That file. hosting the video that okay. gave me the RSS feed that went into iTunes. Okay, so you never hosted a place like Lipson or any of those. Video hosting uh, platforms for podcasts? Uh, when a friend of mine's company gave me free space, yeah. you, uh, there's a dollars and cents in there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because Spreaker doesn't host video, mm-hmm. um, but I know that a lot, you know, some of the other hosting platforms do still host video, but but it does seem like it's... It, it's a dying thing, right? Because, look, people you're in your phone, consuming. right? If we're going to say that the majority of people listen to podcasts in their car... yeah. Why? There's no video. Yeah. For a time, though, video podcasts were, were a thing. You yeah. Know, back back in the days when I was working for Zoom, and, um, and video podcasts were probably thirty percent of the and, consumption. And there's still but now shows it's that probably ten percent, maybe. And there, there's still shows that I subscribe to on video. Yeah. You know, I subscribe to all of the Twit Network on audio, and then I do this week in Google and on video because I'm studying. Leo still does video podcasts, but I'm yep. but I'm studying the cameras. I'm studying the the way he moves. Yep. Um, I, I'm a big fan of the GFQ network, and a shout out to my friend Andrew Zarian there. He's a great guy. And but he's got a studio, and I'm looking to see how he built his studio. But even so, in the car, when I listen to him, I'm not looking at the video. Yeah. But 
Andrew's got a fantastic setup. I steal a lot from the guy. He's a fantastic host. Oh, yeah. Um, but, again, it's a 500 meg download versus a 20 meg download. Yeah. Why kill my battery? Yeah. And and you're going to have most of your your uh, audience on audio anyway. Yes. More than likely. Yes. Especially for the kind of shows that Andrew does. Yes. And, and even Leo. I mean, Leo will tell you that the video side of of the Twit Network is is you know less than half of, of and they're different philosophies. Now, now some of his shows do do well better in video than they do in audio, but but those shows are usually very visual shows, right? right? And that's probably is a factor with what you're doing too. If right. you're doing teaching training um, that is showing visual imaging of um, coursework or right. software, or we do a lot like of demos. That, you have to show those things. Yep. And that's why those videos are probably bigger than the audio. Well, what, right? what we do on our live show is we'll do an hour show. Yeah. Each of my co-hosts will take, will do a demo mm-hmm. on whatever the topic is. Yeah. So that's one one hour video, yeah. and then if I split it up, I can get three or four more small snippets in there. Mm-hmm. So we were talking earlier that you know in the middle of your podcast, you reintroduce the topic, reintroduce the guest. Yeah. For me, that's an edit point. So yeah. if you hear my show and I go, we're talking with Rob today and we're going to look at Spreaker, yeah. Yeah. I know that's an edit point, so that way when I cut that five minutes out, it's the video starts with, we're talking to Rob today. Yeah. So I'm actually editing it while oh, I'm doing it. And, it, and again, that saves me time, and again, Final Cut can make four different versions of that and export it out in segments through compressor. Yeah. Everything that I coach and preach about is to save you time. Yeah. Because and this is time-consuming work. It's time-consuming oh, work, it and I love my family a lot more than I love my podcast. <laughs> but the podcast is there to support my family. Yeah. So how are you going to do both? Yeah. And that's, again, why I, I, I edit video, not audio. So where do you see your efforts uh, moving in the future here? Now you've gotten in this relationship with Microsoft. Do you see yourself uh, maybe even transitioning out of doing online stuff? Or do you, do you see you kind of moving into a new career or a new direction for what you're, what you're doing? What's your thoughts? You know, we are not celebrities. Yes. You know, we don't have numbers like the, the, the Mark Marins, the Kevin Smiths. Yeah. I, I'm realistic. I'm probably never going to... Uh, podcast with the president but when i am looking at the future you do see a progression of where we're going and i say we because there's a lot of Mm -hmm. educational out there and i i do look at the things that i'm doing and saying it's kind of cool knowing that no one else has done this yet and others might be listening i take that very seriously Mm -hmm. especially when you're looking at negotiating contracts you kind yeah. of realize you're negotiating contracts on behalf of the next generation. That's yeah. kind of kind of cool. But when I'm looking at all of this stuff, you know, my favorite Bon Jovi quote is, I want to sell out the desert and do it twice. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know what the equivalent of that is for a non-celebrity educator type thing. Yeah. But would it be cool to interview the CEO of? Yes, would it be cool to be on, you know, I, I always joked around and said my, my dream one day is to have, the, to have Steve Jobs say, and now I'd like to bring on our educational chief, Jeff. Yeah. And I would introduce some kind of, now is that still possible? To some extent. Probably not with Steve Jobs. but Probably but. not with Steve Jobs, and I hope no, no, no time soon, of course. Yes, yes. But now I'm in this position to work with Microsoft Education, yes. and it's kind of... Similar, where they're saying, "Here's a Nadella." Who knows? Uh, I'm, I, I'm 
close. Yeah. I, oh, sure. I know this is a live show, but close. Yeah. And and I, I, I kind of met him once, and he's fantastic to listen to. Oh, he is. He's a, and, he's a, and I he's said, a fantastic presenter himself. I, 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 I said to the people who I'm working with, I said, do you think he'll ever know about this show? And they said, yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll make sure. Yeah. And, and I'm, you know... I, I want to sell out the desert and I want to do it twice. Yeah. You know, I'm a big fan of Kevin Smith and I love his, his, his shows. And he, every week he does a live show in front of 300 people, but I, I'm not Kevin Smith, yeah. but I can have the same audience because I'm partnering up with, well, there's millions of educators in this country and that and, represent billions of students. Yeah. And on, Online learning is only growing and getting more important. And there's two things that I love. It's that when I go to a conference or a convention or something, more than just the email and I get, I listen to your show. That's awesome. What I love and, and I, I beaming smiling when I say this is I had a student email me once. My teacher heard your show and we did this. Yeah. Game over. Yeah. G- game over. Like that. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. Well, Jeff, it was great to have you on the Spreaker Live show, learning all about what you've been doing for the last five years and, and all your great success. Thank you so much for, for having me on. Um, you know, and thank you for coming on to the show. You've been on twice, and you're always invited with everything. Um, everything that we're doing here proves one thing, and I want your audience to pick up on this. You can do this, too. Yeah. Right, it, it, and I'm I'm nobody. I'm just a guy that decided to pick up a microphone, and I learn some talking skills, and I learn how to make yeah, a just website. Get started, right? Just get yeah. started. Yeah. Know that your first hundred episodes are the preview That's right. of your next million. That's right, because the first couple of episodes, nobody's probably going to be listening anyway. So right. you might as well just try throw everything against the wall. You and know. that's the same thing. Yeah. Even with this, the Microsoft show, and I also do the show for the yeah. NJEA, the New Jersey Educators, yeah. when you start that episode zero, you're a new podcaster. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got a bunch of different RSS feeds running through iTunes, but every time I start a new concept, I'm brand new, and so are you. Because mm-hmm. it's a different philosophy. It's, you don't want to be... You don't yeah. want to do the Google show, but say the word PowerPoints. You want it to be a completely different animal. Mm-hmm. So no, even people who've been doing it for 10 years, you're still new and you still have things to learn. Yeah. And they say the smart... And you're never going to stop learning right. this stuff. I mean, I've it, been doing this for over 12 years now and, and I'm still learning new stuff here. In education, yeah. we say the smartest person is the room. Yeah. And if so, if after 12 years, somebody comes and says, hey, Rob, your mic's not close enough to your mouth. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the room fine. has the room has said let's fix something. We can always do that. Yeah, yeah. So thank you for having me on. If you're looking to, to 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 keep in touch, you can always find me over at teachercast.net. Um, you can find me on Twitter at teachercast. Email me at feedback at teachercast.net. But the thing that I love is when people reach out by voicemail which is teachercast.net slash voicemail. Tell me a good story about your podcasting or your kids or your whatever you want to talk about. Teachercast.net slash voicemail. I love it. And Rob, thank you so much for the support. Yeah. Well, thank you for putting forth so much effort for so many years in this medium. I love doing this. It's important. You know, I I had somebody say, if you wake up in the morning and tell your wife you're going to work, you're not doing it right. If you wake (laughs) up and say, I'm going to school, it's just a different mindset. And I love doing this stuff. Yeah, well, I do too. It's it's my my passion for many years, and I certainly enjoy it a lot. And 
thank you for listening to the Speaker Live show today, and and definitely um, check out the show next Wednesday. I, I usually do this show on Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern. And uh, like I said, Jeff, thanks so much for joining me on the show, and come back and listen to another episode of the of the Speaker Live show. Thank you so much. <laughs>